Before creation itself, there were six singularities. Then the universe exploded into existence, and the remnants of these systems were forged into concentrated ingots known as Infinity Stones. Hey everyone, welcome back to Geeksplain, the podcast for comics, film, TV, and more. You name it, we explain it. I'm your host, Eric Kazana, and welcome back to Countdown to Infinity War. Hope you like the intro there. I wanted to give it a little bit more uh, production value, try something new, and uh, I figured a very dramatic opening might do the trick. So in part two of Countdown to Infinity War, I'm going to go over the history of the Infinity Stones. We're going to go over what the stones are. We're going to go over each of them individually and each of their individual histories because they've appeared both together and on their own in a bunch of different stories. We're also going to go over the surprisingly short history of the actual gauntlet. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, recommended reading so that before the premiere of Infinity War this Friday, you'll be able to pick up a couple comics that'll get you in the zone to know exactly what to expect, even though I have a weird feeling that a lot of our expectations are going to be uh, kind of thrown out the window when it comes time to sit down in the theater. So uh, sit back, relax, and we're going to go over the history of Infinity, and I will see you at the end of the discussion. All right, so before we get into the full, complete history of the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones, uh, we should take a quick look at what exactly those stones are. So basically, altogether, the six stones grant you omnipotence. You're basically able to warp reality however you see fit through space and time. Um, and yeah, so they are textbook MacGuffins. They're used to uh, move stories forward, whether uh, our heroes are chasing after them, trying to keep them away, trying to keep them safe. Uh, villains are always trying to collect them, to use them, because they are able to be used uh, by themselves along with being put together on the gauntlet. Uh, there's always six stones. There's the Mind Stone, the Power Stone, the Soul Stone, the Reality Stone, the Time Stone, and the Space Stone. And a quick thing uh, that not a whole lot of people know is that originally the Infinity Stones weren't called stones at all. They were called gems. Uh, in their first few appearances, they were referred to as soul gems. And during a storyline, uh, they were kind of promoted to uh, being called infinity gems. And it was only in recent years that the gems were renamed to stones. And I think that's basically to line up with the MCU to make it clearer for uh, fans of the movies who want to get into the comics so that they don't check out the comics and basically say, what are these gems? Are they different from the stones? Um, so I think that's why they were changed over just to make it easier for everybody so that everyone knows what they are across the board. 
So I think before I get into the actual stones, I'm going to get into the gauntlet. Because the gauntlet itself uh, has a much shorter history. Uh, because you won't really see the gauntlet kind of on its own. You'll only see it in storylines where it's being used in conjunction with all of the stones together. So the gauntlet itself was originally created by Thanos. It wasn't something that was um, created for another purpose and stones were just attached to it. Thanos created the gauntlet explicitly to uh, add the stones onto and basically use all their powers in one place. And the gauntlet has gone through various uh, owners and various like updates to the design. Sometimes it's just a regular glove with inserts for the stones. Uh, other times you'll see it as like the gauntlet that you see in the films, where it's very ornate, it's very um, armorific. <laughs> and um, there's no real explanation oftentimes about whether it's design changes for a reason it just kind of does depending on which artist is working on it and um, how it's being used in the story um, though it's mostly been seen with Thanos some somehow even if the gauntlet gets destroyed or it gets taken away from him he always seems to have either a spare or is able to rebuild the gauntlet so most oftentimes that you'll see the gauntlet, it will have been um, being wielded by Thanos. Uh, certain other characters, like at different points, uh, T'Challa, Black Panther, has wielded the gauntlet. And Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four, has wielded it as well. Um, and the most recent iteration of the gauntlet was destroyed during an event called an incursion where basically two alternate earths were about to collide and the gauntlet was used along with the infinity stones to kind of push the earths away but in doing so the amount of power that was used destroyed the gauntlet as well as almost all of the stones that were being used in uh in this moment so that is the current history up to now of the gauntlet itself. So I guess now we'll just jump into the history of the actual stones. So the first stone that we're going to go into is actually the stone that has kind of the most intrigue around it going into uh, the film, which is the soul stone. And it has a lot of speculation around it, like who's going to end up holding it, where it even is. So uh, we'll start there. And surprisingly, it's actually the first stone that was debuted in the comics. Uh, this was back when there was only one soul stone. And uh, this was the one. It was held by Adam Warlock, who was teased at the uh, post credit scene in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. He's basically, long story short, he is quote-unquote like the perfect organism. He was made to be the uh, perfect representation of life, and he was basically given the Soul Stone uh, to essentially give him uh, power. So originally the Soul Stone was a, was a green color, 
and later on to kind of I think match up with the movies when they were renamed to Infinity Stones it was changed to an orange color which it is in the films so again pulling everything together so that it's easy for fans jumping from one medium to the other now its powers are it's essentially a sentient being Uh, it has a desire to collect souls and it's able to uh, steal souls it's able to let the user interact with the souls of everyone uh, in the universe Uh, it also houses what's called the soul world which is basically this pocket dimension that exists inside of the stone that um, you'll see as kind of this escape in certain stories for our heroes like everything's falling apart around them so adam warlock will basically be like jump into the soul world and they'll all jump inside of the stone and they'll be safe so i don't know if we will see soul world in uh infinity war i kind of doubt it because it's kind of an out there concept that they don't really have time to um put into a movie that which is already stacked with ideas and characters but you never know so those are the powers uh currently the soul stone is being held by ultron who is out in space and recently was fused to hank pym its creator and so basically hank pym ultron is holding the soul stone hostage at the end of the universe the next stone we're going to jump into is the power stone now the power stone grants the the user's strength, durability, and energy manipulation. It can also be used as an unlimited power supply because it's essentially creating its own energy, so it could be used, and it has been used, to power uh, colonies, spaceships, and actual planets. Um, fun fact the Power Stone was the first stone collected by Thanos back in the original Infinity Gauntlet storyline, and it was originally uh, red. The stone was originally a red color, and again, when the gems were turned into stones, quote-unquote, for uh, podcast listeners, it was colored purple. And there's actually a uh, funny story behind that, because the Power Stone wasn't purple until the film Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. And uh, James Gunn has actually gone on record saying that he wanted to make the power stone red in the movie but red had already been taken by the ether or the reality stone in thor the dark world so he had to change its color and he ended up changing it to purple um so i think that's a funny story and how the movies end up influencing the comics even beyond just uh, direct comparisons. Now, the Power Stone was one of the stones destroyed when the Gauntlet was destroyed in recent years, along with the Soul Stone. Uh, But during the event Secret Wars, it was kind of reformed along with the rest of the stones with this new continuity. So... Currently, the Power Stone is the size of a mountain. It's huge. No one knows why, but it's basically being held on this uh, asteroid and being kept safe by the Nova Corps. I know that sounds familiar because in the movies, the stone is also being held by the Nova Corps. 
and right now, Drax, who in the comics has become a pacifist, is guarding it, more or less. So that's where the Power Stone is right now. Again, uh, it's huge, it's mountain-sized, and the world's bounty hunters have, or the universe's bounty hunters, have actually discovered its location, and right now the Nova Corps and Drax are fending off uh, attackers from all sides to try to uh, defend the stone and uh, stop it from being taken. So the next stone that we're going to go over is the Space Stone. Now the Space Stone grants its user the ability to manipulate space. So they can teleport, they can exist in multiple spaces at once, they, it, they can create portals with it. Uh, pretty much the whole uh, idea of moving through space. And originally the Space Stone made its debut in the comics when it was held on a prison satellite. Thanos was making his way across the universe trying to collect all the stones and he found both this and the reality stone on this prison satellite and he was being defended by the guards of that satellite and you can probably guess how well that went for them. <laughs> so um, the space stone was originally uh, colored purple and later on was changed to blue and most recently uh, the Space Stone was held by S.H.I.E.L.D. The newest Space Stone was held by S.H.I.E.L.D. And it fell into the hands of the recently revived Wolverine, who basically um, no one knows is really alive, no one knows where he is. So to kind of keep a low profile, he handed it off to Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. So she is currently holding on to it, we don't know what she's going to do with it other than keep it away from everybody else because uh, playing keep away is kind of what she does best. So that is the space stone. Uh, the next stone we're going to go over is the reality stone. Now the reality stone gives its user the ability to alter reality, uh, raise the dead, distort reality, and basically warp... Um, everything around it as the user sees fit. Uh, again, this was held on a prison satellite along with the Space Stone, and Thanos kind of collected them both together. Um, it was originally actually a yellow color, uh, which I was looking at it kind of surprised, because I guess I'm so used to the Reality Stone being red that um, it was kind of weird, but I guess makes sense in a certain way if you look at it, if your favorite color is yellow. But, uh, so recently again it was changed to uh, the color red. And the Reality Stone has a really weird um, recent history to it. Uh, it was being kept on uh, this alternate plane of existence called Weird World, which is basically like fantasy and um you know monsters and dinosaurs and a lot of strange things it's called weird world so uh you can draw your own conclusions but it was being referred to as the wuxian seed and it was kind of powering the um the palace that it was being held in 
And it was also being kept by the villains of the uh, of Weird World. Weird World. And after discovering it and everyone going to war for it, it, it kind of uh, disintegrated and disappeared. And it wound up in an alternate universe, and it was being referred to as the Heart of Gaia. And it was kind of being held by uh, Starkiller, which is the alternate universe version of Star-Lord. So Peter Quill, an evil Peter Quill, was holding on to the Reality Stone. And uh, Captain Marvel... Uh, Carol Danvers, along with um, her team, the Ultimates, happened upon this universe and found that uh, this evil Star-Lord was holding on to the Reality Stone. So they battled, and she was able to uh, win it from him. So currently Captain Marvel is holding the Reality Stone. I don't think we're going to have a whole lot of um, interaction between the current reality stone and Captain Marvel in her movie since it is taking place in the 1990s but you never know so the next stone that we're going to jump into is the mind stone uh, the mind stone gives the user psionic abilities such as empathy telepathy telekinesis you're able to read minds you're able to um, kind of connect your mind to other people's minds uh, and the whole deal and kind of brainwash them or just share thoughts uh, totally up to you so originally the Mind Stone made its debut being held by the Kree uh, more specifically the Supreme Intelligence which is kind of like this big uh, brain in a jar essentially and is kind of the ruler of the Kree Empire and it was being used by the Supreme Intelligence to enslave other lesser um, species to kind of make them its drones and Thanos basically shows up and says that's mine now which the supreme leader really can't or the supreme intelligence really can't do anything about it so that's how it ended up in the hands of Thanos in the comics now the original color of the mind stone which I thought was interesting was blue kind of like what we all thought it was when it was put into uh, Loki's scepter which is kind of the color it was during the Avengers movie and then uh, Age of Ultron as well and it was later on changed to yellow like it was in the films which I think is kind of a cool little uh, continuity thing where it started off as blue and then turned to yellow so of course it was uh, recolored yellow to match up with the uh, stone that is currently in the forehead of vision in the films and interestingly enough right now uh the mind stone is being uh, held by turk barrett now if you don't know that name um you should if you have been watching any of the uh netflix marvel shows turk barrett is kind of that uh he's that really kind of doofy arms dealer that everyone keeps running into uh, one of my favorites is uh, when he shows up in Luke Cage and sees all the crazy stuff that's going down and he kind of says you know I'm, I'm going back to Hell's Kitchen uh, Harlem's too crazy for me so he normally if you see him in the Netflix shows he's being beaten up or um, being interrogated for information so he's kind of like this low-level gangster and he is in the comics as well 
and he is um, currently holding it in this cane, and he's using it to essentially um, amass power in the criminal underworld in New York, and he's using it to cheat at card games, he's using it to um, gain followers for his gang, so we'll see what happens there. And the last stone that we're going to jump into is the Time Stone. Now, the Time Stone is a lot of people's favorite stone, and um, it certainly has some of the most interesting stories attached to it. Um, it grants the user the ability to uh, time travel. Uh, they can control the flow of time. They can control uh, their own or someone else's aging. They can age and de-age people as they see fit and uh, it also allows them to see into the past and the future so the time stone was originally uh, held by an elder called the gardener and uh, if you don't know the gardener the gardener has a lot of similarities to Kurt Russell's ego uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 where he his main function was he would go to a planet, he would plant uh, seeds for life, and he would tend to it until the planet was able to sustain life, and he'd move on, and that was kind of his function. Um, at certain points, he's been driven like insane, and has used uh, his powers for evil, like uh, most recently in the uh, current Guardians of the Galaxy run, he was kind of um, poisoned and used his ability to make an army of evil Groots, which is uh, super terrifying. And he was able to um, use this army of Groots to attack and supplant whole planets. So he can be really powerful, but a lot of times he's very just um, kind of nomadic, uh, keeps to himself, and is all in all kind of a jolly person. And he was originally using the stone itself was originally found being used by the gardener to accelerate uh kind of his power which is to uh create and um uh basically help life grow and he was using the time stone to essentially kind of speed up the process and when he made his debut he was trying to create life on the earth's moon so Obviously, um, it didn't kind of work out for him. He was kind of attacked by another elder of the universe who was trying to steal the time stone from him. And to defend himself, he used the time stone offensively to defend himself and to drive away his attacker. And at that point, the gardener kind of being this peaceful uh, guy that he is... He basically realized that the time stone could also be used to hurt people so what he did was he discarded it on the moon and the moon is where thanos ended up finding it uh, and added it to his collection now the time stone was originally uh, an orange color and it was later turned uh green so it kind of swapped uh colors with the soul stone so um i think it's super interesting that those are the two stones that were um that were switched and 
the time stone is interesting because during this whole event that I was talking about with the incursion where the gauntlet was used and the gauntlet was destroyed along with most of the stones, this was the only stone that didn't um, that wasn't destroyed during this event and instead, instead it kind of disappeared in the time stream and it was found again by Captain America when he was leading the Avengers and it proceeded to transfer the Avengers to different points in the future kind of jumping them like a hundred years and then a thousand years and then a million years and by the time that um, it had jumped Cap by himself to the end of time um, it dissolved and returned everybody back to uh, the present day um, so recently uh, with the whole restoration of the universe it was also restored along with the rest of the stones and it was found on Sakaar which you'll have seen in uh, the Thor Ragnarok movie and in the awesome Planet Hulk storyline. Now, at the end of the Planet Hulk storyline in the comics, Sakaar was essentially um, destroyed. The planet itself wasn't completely destroyed, but the population, every living thing on it, was killed. And the Time Stone, uh, kind of reforming on Sakaar, basically fulfilled what the gardener was originally trying to do with it where it restored all life on Sakaar. And that being said, I think that's an interesting story beat for uh, the Hulk, Bruce Banner, who recently uh, came back to life. And because the only reason that he left Sakaar after the Planet Hulk storyline was because everyone that almost everyone that he uh, loved and cared about on that planet was dead and he came back to earth uh basically believing that certain members of the superhero community were involved um so i'm interested to see if they touch on him going back i know that um amadeus cho's hulk has also gone back to sakar recently but i think it's it's different because they're two different people with uh two different uh life experiences so um, it's currently on Sakaar and was recently found by the Super Skrull, which if you don't know what the Super Skrull is, he is basically a Skrull that has um, genetically modified himself to have the powers of all four of the Fantastic Four. So he can stretch like Mr. Fantastic. Uh, he can turn any part of his body into the kind of like rocky um, skin that uh, Ben Grimm thing has. He can... Uh, generate fire like the human torch and he can also turn invisible and create force fields like uh, the invisible woman so i'm interested to see what he does with it we do know that in the uh captain marvel movie the scrolls will be the main villains and they might be uh our big bads for phase four fingers crossed i'm really hoping because i love the scrolls as uh enemies and as characters in the comics so he currently has it so that is where everybody is kind of sitting right now when it comes to the stones um each stone has been used in different stories uh like the time stone again was used in that solo story with the avengers and it's kind of fascinating to think about how each stone in itself is kind of a source of ultimate power and at any one point 
anyone who comes into contact with a single stone can be an incredible either uh, help or an incredible threat to the universe. So bringing them all together and putting them all in one place and being used all by one person when they're on the gauntlet is kind of like a terrifying uh, thought, terrifying feeling. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot of what uh, Thanos is capable of when he uses these stones to fight, you know, the Avengers and everybody kind of associated with them. So now we're going to get into a little bit of uh, recommended reading. Uh, these are stories that I think are relevant to the film, uh, what it's going to be kind of touching on. Uh, I think these are also, if you're interested in learning more about the Infinity Stones, uh, where they came from, where they are now, and how that relates to uh, the Marvel Universe and the comics, uh, these are stories that I think are also pretty good stories to read as well, just if you're interested in picking up some stories with characters you're familiar with. Uh, I have it separated into three tiers. Uh, the first tier is going to be kind of the origins of the stones and whatnot. Uh, the second tier is going to be um, kind of the golden age when the uh, Infinity Stones were kind of at the forefront of the Marvel Universe. And the third tier is going to be um, the modern tier, where the stones are being used. Uh, there are at least one uh, or two stories in the modern tier that don't really even involve the Infinity Stones, but these stories do involve characters and, I think, uh, plots that are most likely being adapted from the comics into the film itself. So, yeah, I'll jump into uh, the first tier in the Origins tier. Uh, the first story that I would recommend is uh, Power of Warlock. It's a story from 1972. Uh, it's the first appearance of the Soul Stones, or the Soul Gems, and uh, it's also the debut of Adam Warlock and kind of what he can do. He appeared... I believe a little bit earlier than this, but he really stepped into the forefront of the Marvel Universe in this story, and it also features an interesting cameo by Spider-Man. So if you like Spider-Man, uh, this is kind of in that 70s era where Spider-Man was starting to pick up steam and was kind of everywhere. And the second story is uh, Thanos War. Now this is the second story that was kind of titled the Thanos War. The first story was basically him... Uh, trying to find the soul gem and use it against our heroes and he instead kind of settles for uh, the cosmic cube which is another mystical item in the marvel universe that can grant its user uh, powers to warp reality so this story uh, the story from 1977 is basically the first appearance of all the gems together. Uh, Thanos is trying to use these gems. He doesn't know how to make them all work in harmony, but it's the first time all six gems are kind of gathered together. And then, um, I won't spoil it, but uh, essentially the stones are scattered again at the end of the story, and it kind of sets up what Thanos is kind of planning on doing going forward. Now, in this Golden Age tier, 
Uh, there are three stories, three main stories. And the first one is the Thanos quest from 1990. And it basically goes through Thanos's, um, his infatuation, his love for the concept of death and him deciding that he needs to prepare an offering for her. And the only way that he thinks he can do this is by wiping out, uh, half the life in the universe. And he decides that the way he's going to go about this is by collecting all the stones again. So this is where you see him constructing the gauntlet. This is where you see him uh, going to each spot where the stones are residing and taking them by any means necessary. And that leads directly into uh, my second story for this, which is the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, Thanos Quest was from 1990. Infinity Gauntlet directly uh, comes after this in 1991. And this is kind of the story that I think if you read any of these at all, definitely read this one. It's a great story. It's a great miniseries. And it really establishes the power of the gauntlet when you have all six Infinity Stones. And this is the story where Thanos has all the stones, he uses the gauntlet, and more or less he wins. So you get to see what the Avengers do in response to this. You get to see um, all the Avengers, along with every other hero in the Marvel Universe, kind of come together to fight Thanos, which was a big deal at the time, a big uh, cr company-wide crossover. And you get to see them kind of get systematically wiped out by Thanos. So uh, check that out to see how they get out of this whole, uh, this whole debacle. And you can also check out uh, Infinity War, which is uh, surprisingly not really anything to do with Thanos. Um, the story picks up relatively right after Infinity War, or uh, the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Uh, this was in 1992, and it deals with Adam Warlock facing off against his evil double Magus. Um, long story short, Adam Warlock uses uh, the Infinity Gauntlet to separate himself into three beings. The logical side, which is remains Adam Warlock, the evil side, which is uh, Magus, and then the um, all-around good side, which ends up being this female entity called the Goddess. Uh, this Infinity War kind of deals with Magus wanting to gather the Infinity Stones and the Infinity Gauntlet. So um, it doesn't really deal with anything I think that the Infinity War movie is going to deal with. But I think it's interesting that the film is titled Infinity War and it's really kind of adapting the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Uh, so there's also a story in that kind of um, timeline in 1993 called Infinity Crusade. Uh, this was kind of the ending of the Infinity Trilogy in that time. It's really kind of a missable story. Not a whole lot happens in there. Uh, the goddess is essentially the main villain. But... Um, I would say if you're going to pick up any book out of that uh, time, definitely check out Infinity Gauntlet. It's 
a wonderful read. Uh, there's some great character moments like Captain America stepping up to Thanos as kind of the last Avenger. And um, you can kind of see in the most recent trailers that moment essentially kind of happening where uh, Thanos throws a punch, Steve catches it, and Thanos is like, uh, what? So uh, definitely check that out. Now for the modern era, uh, the first story is simply titled Infinity. This was... uh, 2014 so a newer story and the story doesn't really deal with the infinity stones per se but it does largely deal with thanos coming to earth he is essentially coming to earth because he has found out that he has a son named thane and like any good uh galactic space dad he wants to come to earth to kill him So this is the debut of the Black Order, which are also making their debut in Infinity War. Uh, The Black Order comprises of Corvus Glaive, who is kind of the leader, Um, his wife, Proxima Mignite. Uh, There's also Supergiant, who I don't think we saw in the trailers, and it doesn't look like she's going to show up, but she might. Uh, There is Ebony Maw, who is kind of that weird, creepy-looking thing that was um, kind of holding Doctor Strange in the most recent trailer. And um, there is also Cull Obsidian, who is the big, hulking, giant one who is definitely going to fight with Hulk at some point in the film, I'm sure. So um, the Black Order makes their debut in this story. It's also kind of dealing with... Uh, the Avengers going uh, cosmic, kind of going out into the world to fight a galactic threat, which might sound familiar if you have watched any of the stories or are familiar with the uh, current movies going on. So definitely check that out. I think it's a great read. It was during uh, Jonathan Hickman's run on Avengers, which I think is a super underrated run. He's a uh, he's a really good writer. A lot of people don't really think that um, he's a very exciting writer because he works on a, uh, a long game kind of uh, storytelling technique, but this was a really great story and it introduced a lot of ideas that would go on to appear in other stories and uh, Marvel movies that came after it. Uh, the next story is Time Runs Out. Uh, this is kind of the end of the last Marvel continuity per se. Uh, This is basically all of the Marvel multiverse is kind of collapsing. The planets are uh, each Earth of each multiverse is uh, colliding with the next and this is where uh, the gauntlet is last used to push away one of the planets and ultimately ends up uh, being destroyed. And this is the last time that we saw our Earth's uh, stones kind of all together. And the next time that we would see stones or a gauntlet of any kind was during Secret Wars. Uh, both these, both uh, Time Runs Out and Secret Wars were both in uh, 2015. Secret Wars is an amazing story. It's huge. It spans a bunch of different books, a bunch of different characters. And this is what kind of restarted the Marvel continuity that we know today. And this was also where new stones were used. Specifically, they were taken from 
the uh, dying realities and kind of combined into one gauntlet that uh, Black Panther ended up using to fight Doctor Doom, who was kind of the god of this um, of this arc. And that leads into the current continuity that we know now in the comics. And the final story that I would recommend is Infinity Countdown. And that is actually a story that is uh, happening this year. And there are, I believe, two issues out right now. Um, This is going to lead into a big uh, crossover event during the summer. uh, Kind of revolving around the Infinity Stones and how they are going to impact the greater Marvel Universe. And how they're going to fall into, hopefully, the right hands. Probably the wrong hands, though, because uh, that's how comics and stories work. So I would definitely check those out. Um, Infinity Countdown is going to catch you up on where all the stones are now and who they're going to be used by uh, going forward. And that wraps up our lesson on the Infinity Stones. So that about wraps up the lesson on the Infinity Stones. Hope you enjoyed it. I did a lot of research when it comes to uh, everything that was discussed here, along with the recommended reading that we put at the end. Also, I wanted to do a quick shout out. I was lucky enough to be a guest on the BJ in the Morning podcast. Uh, My good friends uh, Brendan and Juan and producer Chris had me on to discuss all things Infinity War. We uh, speculated on theories. We talked about our favorite Marvel movies and what they mean to us. And I had an incredible time. We also played a, uh, a game where we tried to guess the music that producer Chris put together that appeared in different Marvel properties. So it's a great episode. It was a great great time with those guys and definitely check it out they're on soundcloud they're also on itunes hoping to get on there soon myself so if you like my stuff you'll definitely like their stuff i think they have around eight episodes out right now so definitely check out and subscribe to them and yeah so that about does it for me i'm super excited for infinity war Uh, i've been following the movie's Ever since the beginning, back in uh, 2008, it's been 10 years. Can you believe that? 10 years of the MCU. And I remember uh, going to the first Iron Man movie and being really excited about it because I thought that it was interesting and I really enjoyed the cartoon that had this awful, awful, awful theme song. Uh, but I really enjoyed it, and I remember sitting in the theater talking to uh, my dad about about the movie, how much we enjoyed it, and at the end of the credits, you know, Sam L. Jackson steps out and wants to talk about the the Avengers initiative. And I remember freaking out because I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, this means there's going to be a Captain America movie. There has to be. And here we are ten years later. We've got three Captain America movies. We've got three and a half Iron Man movies if you count Spider-Man Homecoming and enough movies to fill up an entire schedule and I know because I have been watching them in my free time when I'm able to 
get some time away from all the stuff that I'm doing. I've been kind of watching them systematically up to this point, and it's going to be a hell of a ride. Um, I don't know if I'm ready, <laughs> but I remember walking into the first Avengers movie not really knowing what it was going to be. Um, I was one of those uh, super nerds that dressed up, me and actually uh, Brendan and Juan from the BJ in the Morning podcast uh, got together along with another few group of our friends and dressed up as the full Avengers roster. It was pretty cool. And we basically traipsed around the theater until the uh, midnight showing happened. And that was probably one of the greatest nights of my life. As uh, <laughs> lame as that sounds, uh, I had a great time with it and I had a great time with my friends. So also shout out to all my friends that were part of that. We did it again for Avengers Age of Ultron. Had a great time. Again, had a full roster of Avengers together. And uh, I'm kind of sad that this year we weren't able to get all together to do it again. But I know that all my friends who were part of that were insanely, insanely excited about this movie. And they're going to see it just like I will. So I'm excited to see the movie. I'm excited to see it three times in the span of a weekend, which is probably what's going to end up happening. And um, I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. So uh, part three and the conclusion of uh, Countdown 2 Infinity War is going to be uh, next week. We're going to drop the reactions, the reviews of the film, what I liked, what I disliked, because um, nothing's perfect. And I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. So, um, like I said, definitely subscribe to me if you haven't already. Subscribe to BJ in the Morning. Uh, make sure you go out and see this movie. This movie is going to make all the money and break all the records, I think. And it's just going to be a great time. And it's a celebration of 10 years of Marvel movies. So definitely go see it. I know the world is going to see this. And um, I think this is a huge uh, win for all of Nerdkind. <laughs> so, yeah, that... Uh, gonna go ahead and wrap it up here let me know what you guys think let me know uh if you have read any of the stories from the recommended reading let me know what you thought of them if you're planning on picking some up awesome go for it do it like i said especially check out uh infinity gauntlet because that's gonna provide the basis for a lot of this stuff along with uh infinity the uh miniseries from uh, 2014 definitely check that out and let me know what your favorite mcu movie was um, mine, I would say, is still after all these, after all this time, uh, is Captain America: Winter Soldier. I love that film. So let me know what you guys think. Let me know uh, your memories with the MCU and all those Marvel movies. And let me know if you're doing anything special for the premiere. If you're going to go see it at midnight. If you're going to dress up. If you're going to go see it on opening day. If you're going to wait. Like some of my uh, some of my friends are for like a week until the uh, the hype blows over, which personally I don't think is gonna happen. But you know, you never know. So we will see you right back here next week for the conclusion of our Infinity War series. And for Geek Explain, this is Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.